Let me tell you a secret. Veterans are entering a world full of opportunity, but you can only participate if you know the tricks of personal branding, leveraging your skills in the modern digital economy, and most importantly, positioning your benefits and assets to give you financial control when you stop following orders. I'm Scott Tucker, and I'm here to tell you what they don't want you to know. Welcome to Veteran Wealth Secrets, where we show you how to go from apathy and aspiration to autonomy and financial control. Don't expect post-military riches and happiness to fall in your lap the day you put on your first civilian uniform. No, we got to play the long game. Hi, I'm Scott Tucker, and welcome back to Veteran Wealth Secrets. When I went to West Point, one of the things, like I was very excited to go and serve my country. I was a big military history buff my, my whole childhood. So I got it. I, I knew what it was about. But at the same time, the whole point of going to high school was to get good grades, to go to a good college based on the stories we've been told. So yeah, West Point seems like a pretty good college based on U.S. News and World Report rankings every year, or whatever the heck that means. But I was told, hey, there's this long gray line. And when you get out of the military, whenever that is, there's just going to be this sweet job lined up for you. And so all I thought in my head was, okay, it's going to be a really good paycheck and I'll look good professionally. I'll have checked those boxes and therefore, quote unquote, I will have the life of success. I think I guess I don't think I ever wrapped my head around what money meant or, or what my goals were. I didn't grow up that way. I grew up in a small town. My dad was a football coach. My mom was a kindergarten teacher. Yeah, my dad had you know coached at Ohio State and and Penn State, and some other big universities. But you know, for my childhood, he was coaching at his alma mater, a real small Division three school called Worcester in Amish country in northeastern Ohio. And he took that step back away from the big program so he could you know, be closer to family. And this is in the 80s before ESPN came around and things got really crazy in that world. Uh, we saw it later in the 2000s when it went back to Ohio State. But at that time, I think he saw the writing on the wall of what a career in, in, in that in college football would be like if he stayed with Division One, And so that's what I understood as a kid, that that there were sacrifices involved and success didn't have to be about limelight or big dollars. We lived a, a nice childhood. I, we didn't have a membership at the country club, but that was right down the street. But you know, I pretty much got to do everything I wanted. I didn't have as many Christmas presents under the Christmas tree as my friend Jeff down across the street from me. And, and that was always a noticeable thing growing up, but I didn't care. But I also wasn't living you know, in poverty. And, and my mom, you know, she was a a kindergarten teacher, a school teacher, but she taught at the Catholic school and they didn't actually, she volunteered, paid her, I don't know, 500 bucks a month or something crazy, but it was giving her something to do and, and a lot of meaning. And she created a lot of new innovations actually in that space. 
and she wasn't even Catholic, so that was interesting. But you know, I just saw these. I guess I just grew up around these sacrifices, and my dad used to have these these quotes that he would that he would share with his football team, and there were these drawings he had up. It would be like of a a, bis- a bicyclist going down a hill, and the and the quote underneath would be "pedal downhill." And so, you know, that's how I grew up, and 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 recognize that hey, things don't happen quickly. You got to work for it. A football season is a long season, and we didn't have a whole lot of success at the at my dad's alma mater at the College of Worcester when he was head coach. A lot of reasons for that, but whatever. I saw he didn't give up. You know, don't give up the ship. That kind of thing. That was another quote I saw from my dad. Never give up. Because we don't know what may come next. And whatever success is defined as, you know, for you, that's your choice. Now, I think a lesson, another lesson I learned from my dad, I didn't recognize till unfortunately after he passed, is I think he may have divined himself a little bit around that, let's call it lack of success at Worcester, at least when you're looking at points on a scoreboard or wins and losses in the history books of that college sports program. Really, what happened was even when they let him go after 10 years, after not really giving him support, what happened is he got asked to join, you might have heard of the guy named Jim Tressel. He's an old family friend of ours. We coached at Ohio State together at Youngstown State, where he was before he became the Ohio State football coach. Asked my dad to be the defensive coordinator. We won the national championship that in the very next year. Like, boom. Like That was the success. I remember I even made a video. I was in my high school, you know, video journalism class. And I, I cut together all these videos of my, because at the championship game, they actually played it on TV. That was at the time for one double A, anything that wasn't big time programs, it wasn't on TV, but they played the championship game on TV. So I remember I took all these cuts of the video and I cut it up and I said to my dad, Hey man, you deserved it. You know, that's what success mean to me. He didn't get, he wasn't getting paid any more than either. Then we followed, went with Jim Trestle to Ohio State. A couple years later, we won the national championship at Ohio State, 2002. And I never got to see the joy in my dad's eyes from those championships. Because that's what success should have meant to him. But I think based on how that world, that identity, that football coaching put him in, once you become the head coach... If your identity is based on that success. Did you succeed or not? And technically my dad didn't, but my dad's real role was those roles he played when he was a national champion. And man, he was good at it. And gosh, the amount of people that came to his funeral that talked about you know, how vital he was to those championships, it meant a lot to me. And I always wondered, I was like, man, why didn't I get to have, you know, that level of understanding while my dad was alive? And not to mention, later on, when we started hearing from his former players. So at Worcester, when we didn't have a whole lot of success, those players would write him years later and talk to him and talk about him and say, coach, I get it now. As they were fathers, leaders in their corporations or whatever they were doing. 
Like they got the message that my dad was talking about, regardless of the wins and losses, as hard as that was. And me, I'm part of that long game because that's what helped wake me up to be like, hey, I'm 37 now. I don't think I've done anything. I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm going to go figure out what does success mean to me. And that was almost 10 years after I'd gotten out of the military, 10 years into a career where I thought success was based on how many clients I had or how many assets I was managing and how many, how much fees and commissions I was bringing into my firm. And that's how my firm had told me to identify identity. That's how my mentor had identified for himself. And I was supposed to be looking up to him, but it meant nothing. So I just share those lessons for whatever they're worth that were lessons for me at least, but hopefully they're meaningful for you. And we got an interview for the rest of the show today. I think you're really going to enjoy it. We're talking with Brian Wirtz. And Brian, like he and I got to know each other because around a book called Rocket Fuel. So make sure you read that book, Rocket Fuel. It talks about visionaries and integrators. And actually, if you think about it, my dad gave a shot as a, being a visionary, as a head coach. But in reality, his role was an, as an integrator. And he helped, you know, as director of football operations uh, for Jim Trestle at Ohio State, um, he was basically the XO of the unit. He got the mission done. As defensive coordinator at Youngstown State, you know, he was the integrator of the defense, right? Coach Trestle held the vision of how the team is supposed to roll. So that works at all levels. We have it all the time in the military. You've got your commander, then you got your XO, and you got your sergeant major. You got your chiefs. There's a difference between visionary and integrator. Now, some people get put into the visionary roles when they shouldn't be, and, and put in the integrator roles when they shouldn't be. But I think that's a, a big lesson uh, from today's. But you're not going to find out unless you're playing the long game. So that's what Brian and I talk about. So hope you enjoy the interview. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the show and rate and review. We'd really appreciate it. Check us out on YouTube. Got so much more content there. And of course, if you want to learn more about, you know, how we're implementing all these ideas into, you know, helping people build a financial strategy for their post-military life, regardless of where you're at, if you're already out, if you're still active duty, it all ties in. We can all relate what it means to being prepared to take control of your potential in post-military life. And our strategy is based around an idea called financial flexibility rather than financial freedom, which means nothing. You need to be able to act. Okay, so that's what these shows are all about. Hope you enjoy the interview, and check us out at usvetwealth.com. Hey, everyone. Scott Tucker here with Veteran Wealth Secrets. I'm very excited to have launched our, our new book, Veteran Wealth Secrets, where we talk about you know, what, what is coming in the modern economy? What do we need to be aware of? How do we look at things like jobs and money and identity uh, differently? So that's what we lay out in this book, but you can't always do it all alone. You need to find people on your team, mentors, people working for you, with you, whatever it is. But that's why I'm really excited to bring on our guest today, Brian Wirt. 
Wurz. I want to always say Wurz because I spent so much time in Germany. Ich habe vor elf Jahren in Deutschland gewohnt. And so I see a name like that and I want to say it. But really, I think what we're going to talk about today is the idea of, of integrating. We know how to get missions done in the military, follow orders and that kind of stuff. And those rules work differently in the civilian world, typically. There is no enlisted and officer ranks and stuff. So there's a lot of things that we need to translate. But first, let's start off to tell us a little bit about, about yourself. What's life like for you these days? How have things shifted and changed? Probably related to the recent pandemic that we're all still in. Yeah, but, but what's life for you these days, Brian? Great question. Uh, thanks for having me, Scott. <laughs> really excited to to be here. I know you and I connected some some time back, and life I think has changed a lot for both me and I think probably everybody else that's out there. Yeah. In terms of when you and I first connected, I was really watching some of the things you were doing on LinkedIn, and I, I love the way you were growing an audience and focusing on marketing. And you were one of the veterans that, and have been one of the veterans that have been on my must must connect with and must follow list. I've shared your name with, with lots of folks. And Thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I was focused up until a year ago, up until February twenty eighth, twenty twenty, when I voluntarily left my last full time job think of that timing. Right. Um, I had been focused on trying to build out my own, basically a talent acquisition company focusing on high performing veterans. I think I, I had a different viewpoint, not that there's not just a ton of people already in that space, but I thought I had a different viewpoint, both from military recruitment, civilian recruitment, and being a transition veteran myself, having sat back on both sides of the table. I knew enough about retained search and how to and had been preparing myself for basically the six years since five years at that point since I've been out of the Marines mm -hmm. to be an entrepreneur. Obviously, if my my paycheck stopped on February 28th, two weeks later, when I was getting ready to uh, get my first retainer for a search on a Monday, the 13th, I think it was, it, it was, you know, probably two or three days into the week when the whole world had changed and yeah. the future of recruitment was in question, thrown out, and it really did cause some soul searching. And I, I, I followed some advice from a friend, colleague of mine, who said, his, he's a, a career coach. One of the things he talks about is the real estate term, highest and best use. Like, how do you apply that to yourself? One of the things that I had planned on doing from a recruiting standpoint for my company, which was uh, Winning with Warriors, was gonna, I was going to try and develop a strong pipeline to place what we're calling integrators or the group EOS Worldwide and, and the authors of the book Rocket Fuel, who talks about this visionary integrator comp concept. And, and I think we can probably unpack that a little bit more. But yeah. how do we, I thought, hey, there's veterans, people that have been military officers, senior enlisted advisors are great supporters of a lead person. And I thought that there's the possibility to build a real pipeline there. That was one of the things I was going to try and do for my placement business. But then I figured, you know what? I, I want to be an entrepreneur. I've spent all this time preparing myself to be an entrepreneur. The next best thing is now's not the time to take on the risk of entrepreneurship solely myself. Maybe if I'm not positioned to be the visionary right now, I can become an integrator and help somebody else 
who's a visionary, grow their business and continue to develop myself personally and professionally in the process. And that's exactly what I did. I, I reset myself, retooled how I was focusing, presenting myself out there as an applicant. And I found an opportunity. I started in May, been doing it six months now, working in complete another completely different industry. Everything I've done has been different industries, but that's part of, I think, what makes makes my path valuable. I'm basically helping to grow a commercial photography studio in the e-commerce space. And it's a cool job. I'm learning a lot, continuing to grow to the next level of leadership and administration of business. So it's been a good tool for me. And it's also helped me when the time comes in the future, if I can get back into that recruitment Mm -hmm. side of things, having been both an integrator and a visionary now, I think I'll be really well positioned to help fulfill those needs in the marketplace. Yeah, I'm, I'm I love the story. Glad you brought it up. I think it it there's so many lessons just in that just few minutes of of, of an arch there because because you had to you had to make some decisions on the fly. You had been doing this on the side, so to speak, to build it up for the moment to be right, and yet when you do it, wow, the flu comes out of nowhere. All ducks don't always line up, no matter how well you may plan. And, and so I think that's why you want to talk about the long game more. But before we do that, yeah, I think we should unpack the the visionary integrator thing. I highly recommend everybody read this book, Rocket Fuel. Gosh, who's the author? It's uh, Gino Wickman and Mark Winters. Mark Winters. Okay, yeah, I know I connected with Mark on LinkedIn. I was like, thank you for that book. It was amazing. <laughs> it, and and. Any business that that tip any entrepreneur or startup usually when they get started, it's all because somebody had an idea to solve a problem. That's what entrepreneurship mm-hmm. is. And usually they're really good at the idea, not so good at making sure people understand the idea or what the, what the mm-hmm. fix is. And that's where this integrator comes in. And I, I think you make a great point that the idea to have both those skill sets. I got out talking about a crazy time to get into a new job. 2008 is when I got into the financial industry. So right, the crashes, I was like, who's Lehman Brothers? And I, I didn't know anything. I was starting off from scratch. And, and we get, I got treated as the junior guy mm. versus I was working with a guy who was more or less by himself anyways. He had all these ideas and stuff. I would have loved to go in there as more of an integrator to implement his ideas, learn the back end of the system. Unfortunately, I never built that skill set. I went down the idea guy route, but I'm glad you brought that up because it's Rocket Fuel has been a powerful book for me. Finding the opportunity can be for you to help somebody else with their vision. Maybe that's not where we end up, but gosh, doesn't it seem like a logical place to start for so many mm-hmm. veterans versus just the corporate? It's still a job, but you can be classified that way. You can get it with, but there's so many startups. And all there's always the inventor who doesn't know how to explain to people or to get their invention uh, to market. How does that play into the longer game, Brian? Because you did, gosh, I was looking at your LinkedIn resume. You look like you're 32, and yet you did a full career in 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 the Marines and and have been out already six years. You've had, had multiple experiences, so uh, I, I I know. And then you're taking these steps just in the last six months, making big decisions. How has played the long game worked in your favor? That's a great question. It's something I didn't realize that I was actually doing up front. To me, the long game is for transitioning veterans. It's taking the goalpost and moving it from getting a job to figuring out where you want your life to go. 
And that changes everything because it changes the perspective of what matters. It maybe takes the, some of the focus off the dollars and it maybe puts value on other things like time, experiences, and it really helps you take into account the things that are going to get you further toward what really matter. If what matters is more time with your family, if what matters is getting to a certain level of professional achievement or growth, then that's going to have a different trajectory. And it might put into perspective the value of taking roles that maybe either don't pay as well, don't have the nice title, maybe are not going to be as easy for you. Maybe they're closer to entry level. All those things have a value associated with them from an experience standpoint that is different than the dollars that may be attached to them. I think a lot of people, when they think about the, their military transition, they're focused on how am I going to replace my income? That can be an important thing. And I think we all have to be realistic about what is required in our income, as opposed to what we want to get. But there's a lot more to it than that. And I think it's recognizing value in things that are outside the traditional things we've thought about. And to me, a lot of that is getting a variety of experiences in different types of companies, doing different types of roles that would make me a more well-rounded leader and entrepreneur when I got to this point. And it's paid off. And, and I learned a lot about it. And I think now also in a position where I can help tell other people about that process. And, and that's the long game. It's taking it away from what does that first paycheck post-military look like? What does that paycheck two months post-military look like? And it's where do I want to be three years from now, five years from now? And then what's the plan that I need to get there? Because if you put it that way, it's a lot easier and more attainable to take the steps along the way that are going to get you there. Yeah. Isn't it ironic that however long you're in the military, I was only active duty six and a half years. How many different jobs I held in, in that, in that probably four or five different you know, billets and in, in different units and all that kind of stuff. We're so used to moving quickly, build a skill set, learn something. I had this experience, this job, these people all building the mm -hmm. network. And yet it seems to be when we're told to go to the civilian life, it's get a job that will be your new career. And so I, I, I think I wish I would have stumbled into that. I stumbled into it in a different way, but it was still in, in one industry. But you've, I mean, I don't know if you've been in multiple industries. Would you say that? Obviously, you are now completely differently. Is each one, I like following, do you know Scott Adams is the guy who does Dilbert, the cartoon? I've, I've, yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's got a show where he, he just talks about his career trajectory based on his book, How to Fail at Everything and Still Win Big. And he talks about, I'm just constantly building skill sets and that I stack on top of each other. And then I put myself creating luck. I put myself into places where luck shows up, where opportunity shows up. Mm -hmm. It sounds like that's happened for you in a lot of ways. Yeah. Do you have a story about when did you have your epiphany? It's, oh my God, this is what I'm doing. I, I, and I can help other people do it in this way. It's, it, it was a couple of tiered process. The first one came, I actually left, I, I had a, a job offer in hand when I had my retirement ceremony in 2014. It was a job offer. It was far from the right job offer. And it turned out to be 
one of my best bad experiences, but yeah. it was, it was, it was a really bad experience. It, it was not a fit for me, but it was an introduction to the civilian sector. And one of the things that I realized was a lot of the advice that I'd taken on board. One of those things being, Hey, take the bird in hand because you don't know when the next one is coming may or may not have been the right advice. I don't regret it because I learned a lot and I, I hit the ground running and I've been going ever since, but that really triggered the, there's got to be a better way. This was five plus years ago. The transition community has grown t- a ton since then. So there's a lot of other resources. But some of the things that I learned is I, I, I got an MBA while I was still active duty, but I mm-hmm. didn't have any financial experience. I didn't have, there was a lot of things that, and I didn't have civilian context and management experience. And I think that civilian context is something we all and I, I use the word all, that's probably not a fair term, but a lot of us think <laughs> that becoming a civilian is just going to be easy. We think that, hey, I've been a great military member, Marine, soldier, whatever, but being a civilian is not necessarily easy. It, there's a climatization process to it. And it, it takes time. It takes soaking in the environments around you. And by making in some regards, job decisions, but also trying to real, you know, take in, I got from that first job, which was in healthcare. I realized not only was the company I was in the wrong company, but healthcare was not where I wanted to be I, yeah. for, for a variety of reasons, not worth digging into, but I realized, okay, that's not my sector. I went to work at a biotech company. I stayed there for about a year and a half as a contractor, working, helping to support somebody on strategy and project management, program management, learned a ton there and had probably the opportunity if I would have stuck around longer to eventually get get accepted into a full-time role for that company, which is a real Genentech, really high, highly regarded company. But I want, I still thought, you know what, I haven't had any financial experience. If I want to be an entrepreneur, I need to get that. I went over, I, I, I started applying for other roles, got a, a, a leadership role, a manager role with Encore Capital Group. Mm-hmm did some corporate finance for less than a year. I was going to stay there longer, but the then somebody that I knew well recruited me into Kitchell Contractors to do uh, talent acquisition and development. So getting fully into the skill set that was most important to me, which is in the talent acquisition mm-hmm. skill set, when I got that, when I was recruited for that was a huge door opening thing for me. I had a chance to do things that, that, you know, do town acquisition outside the military, just like I did it inside the military, sit on the other side of the hiring table. I did that for three years. That was that, that changed me. It got me ready for that entrepreneurial experience. And each one of those steps were making me more well-rounded. They, they trended in the right direction from a financial standpoint. I started, I knew this intuitively, but I think one of the things that that seeing it actually hit my bank account made it made a difference is there's some people again when you focus on that first job and maybe trying to find something that's just an equivalent that's great if it's an equivalent but is it permanent is it consistent is there growth opportunity you could get something that's income replacement but it never changes ever and right. versus putting yourself on an tr- intentional trajectory to take on higher levels of responsibility because the civilian sector is unbounded but you're responsible for creating your own opportunities. And so that's the way I've always looked at it. 
and when we started off talking about why my jump out into on, onto my own didn't work, but now I'm back in another foundational and and growth oriented role, and that's helping I, helping to manage and lead a company, managing profit and loss, and overseeing the the daily operations. That's a skill set that if you look at six years coming out and being a line manager or individual contributor to being at a C-level P&L type role, wherever this role goes, it's putting me even at a greater opportunity to continue growing and, and, and having fun, having just an awesome time doing cool stuff with cool people along the way. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what I love so much about a story uh, like yours just now. You moved, you missed quickly. You're very agile. Clearly, you were building up skill sets, not to mention the amount of people you, you build in your network, of course. But I've always been curious. I had a, a theory that, you know, being in a, a small startup for former senior, you know, guys that were career military, whether enlisted or officer, they've got some get it done mentality in them but they're also collecting some version of a pension. Is there you know, opportunity for maybe some de- delayed gratification where why do we have to get paid every month? What if it's more money, but it comes every two years? Why, why does it always have to be on mm-hmm. this monthly thing? There's a reason for that. But but I used to think, hey, if, if there's that lieutenant colonel who, who doesn't want to just be a project manager, but would like to get into something, hey, might be joining a startup is a place to go. It's a little bit more risky. Maybe, maybe there's more opportunity there. I'm wondering, given the way you went into it versus coming straight out and going into this new role as an integrator, sure, we were integrated all the time in the military, but do you think you would have fared as well? You've had some serious skill set development. Clearly, you're going to be better off, but I guess I'm wondering if you just showed up at Conveyor six years ago, had they existed, would you have grown in the same way? I don't know. I'm just spitballing there. But I I wanted to believe that you come out of the military, go into one of these startups and really help it. Maybe that's bad advice or or bad. Maybe we need to get some of these real corporate gigs and skill sets down the. Go ahead. I think it can cut both ways. I think, yes, could. I don't think it would have been the right call for me. I think yeah. that my climatization was valuable. I think it's going to skyrocket the next stage. So you can, you're going to, we're all going to learn lessons and have, we're going to make errors. We're going to have, we're going to have things that don't work our way. If you, one of the challenges of walking into too senior level of a role right off the bat is, you're impacting a lot of people and and you're also setting you're creating a reputation and those errors have an amplified impact building putting a little runway between you and your transition before taking on too senior of a position can have its advantages for some people particularly the more you want to get away from traditional defense sector type work that's familiar with what you've done if you're just going straight private sector i think there are advantages to delaying that growth into the role. That said, I'll go back to what I talked about at the beginning is I believe there's a very clear career path. It can be done a lot faster than I did it. I I took six years. I'd love to take somebody and get them on a couple of rotations and get them the experiences in a much shorter period of time. And I'd also love to help companies design those sorts of experiences to do that internally because then it becomes 
a, a great a great internal function for growing the team. And I a book that I, I picked up recently, and it's been around since 2014. The lead author was I think Reed Hoffman. Is that the you know founder of uh, founder of LinkedIn? Yeah. But a couple other co-authors. But the it it talks about LinkedIn and some other Silicon Valley's approach to taking tours of duty, similar to military tours of duty, but basically. This is something that, it, to my knowledge, has not been integrated into the military transition yet. But at LinkedIn, they focused on having rotational tours for kind of junior people, just getting their, getting acclimatized to the organization and taking on some basic functions. They talked about foundational tours where you're doing things that are in key roles and helping to grow the organization. You're an integral part. And then transformational roles, those are the roles where you as an individual are truly developing and, and building new skills. And what the what the way LinkedIn approaches that is that, that rather than thinking people are going to be around forever, it's like our enlistment contracts, our, our, our commissions being for defined periods of time. Hey, let's enter mm -hmm. an agreement and do this for a specified period of time and then grow to the next level. I think that's an approach that would just absolutely kill it in military transitions. But no, I don't think anybody's doing it yet. So I would love to be on the, the cutting edge of helping to integrate that concept in there. We talked a little bit about rocket fuel. And I think there's a clear path to using some system like that into getting people into these like integrator level roles. And for me, being an integrator is going to help me. I'm I'm one of those Mark winners in the book. He says the rare birds, people that can be both an integrator. and yeah, a yeah. I, I think mean. I can do it both. <laughs> I think a lot of people that have been XOs and then COs or senior enlisted and then, you know, taken on the, the top role have, have bridged that gap. And I think for me, this is another development role to help me be an integrator or to, to help me be a visionary. But I think there's a path that can be drawn and the other thing that Mark will say in his book is that integrators are so hard to find, but I think the absolute endless pond of fish for that category is transitioning military. We just need the transitional experiences to get them ready and successful. So that's my... I, I, no, I think that's a perfect idea. When you're talking about this internal system, LinkedIn did it internally, but it sounds like what we could do with we're starting off with this DOD skill bridge program where somebody can go be an intern somewhere for three to six months, but you don't know if you're going to stay there. You just picked one. What if we did that with three different companies or, or, mm -hmm. or, or even internally and just had this whole thing? Is, is that kind of what you're getting at? That sounds. It is, but I'm talking about it. After, I'm talking about post print post transition. You're getting a yeah, paycheck. Okay. And, and my inspiration from this actually comes from that time I was at Genentech working at a contract as a contractor. I was a utility player there. I was doing, I said I was working on strategy and project management. I was a project guy that whatever needed done. Yeah. Like, hey, Brian, what's your bandwidth? Can you take this on? And I would do it. And I got to know people. I got to know the organization. I got to know the culture. And I went from being like this person that felt like a sore thumb sticking out everywhere I, wa I walked to a year and a half later, I knew everybody, everybody knew me. I was well accepted. And again, I think had I chosen to stay, the opportunity was there for me to take on a role that frankly, I have no bio, I have no 
biotech background for them to hire me mm. would be crazy except for the fact that they knew that i knew how to work and that i would fit in well with the organization and eventually figure things out adapt and overcome as we like to say brian i i really appreciate you coming on and sharing that idea of the long game hey until you create this thing the idea is go create it for yourself we can set up those the revolving door whatever you want to call it but you know, get yourself in a position don't be afraid to maybe jump on a new opportunity for further skill set development so eventually you can go create your own vision if you want or maybe help somebody else integrate theirs but the the when you get into a smaller organization where you can be more influential that's how you develop more lifestyle freedom so to speak and versus being in a cubicle and exactly. i honestly think hey you can go get that quote unquote safe job or we can build our skill sets to eventually do what you're doing. And we're going to change the world by helping these smaller companies, not just working in the cubicle uh, just because it pays well. If you really want to be of service and, and have meaningful income, eventually it's either going to be nonprofit or some sort of startup that you're involved in one way or the other. Uh, mm -hmm. That's where I've seen people go, ah, yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm happy. We're not making any money, but man, this is awesome. <laughs> it's what's... What was the service for to our country if we didn't want to have to experience that opportunity? No, I applaud you for being on the forefront of that. I'm looking forward to supporting you and seeing where this thing goes and staying in touch more as we're getting off the ground ourselves over here. But thanks again, Brian. I really appreciate Sounds you great. coming on, man. Thank you, Scott. Really appreciate the opportunity. You bet. All right, Take care. All right everyone. We will see you next episode. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Veteran Wealth Secrets. Be sure to subscribe to us on all the podcast channels, also on YouTube, and share it with a friend. Visit our website at usvetwealth.com to get access to all of our free resources, including the first three chapters of Veteran Wealth Secrets, the post-military guide to gaining autonomy and control. You can get that today on our website, first three chapters for free, or you can go to amazon.com if you want the Kindle or paperback. We have other resources all over the website, so check out usvetwealth.com to learn more.